Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to the MBN Entrepreneurship and Leadership Channel. As well as new content, we are making available selected podcasts recorded by our hosts prior to joining the MBN family. This is one of them, and so this podcast may refer to itself with a different name and identity. Enjoy the show. The centre of innovation is here, and you know this is part of the message of Project Cashmere of this whole whole podcast that there's something happening here which is beyond just good value for money. Like I said, having the vision is great, but the key is these concrete initiatives that drive it at the ground level. I, I really like uh, the idea of, of starting something really small with a small group of highly focused people and with an original idea and just, just take on the world, basically. You know, Poland is the land of opportunity and I, and I like to say the East is the new West because you always used to go West in history to find more adventure and danger and prove yourself. There are some good things beginning to happen here in Krakow, but we've got a very long way to go, haven't we? Hi, this is Sam Cook, founder and co-host of Project Hedge Welcome back to another episode of Season 2. And today's guest is Raffle Stitchen, who has, uh, since 1993, founded and developed uh, more than seven uh, well-recognized companies in Poland and throughout the world, employing more than 3,500 people with revenues exceeding over $250 million or a billion Polish złotes. Uh, two of them are publicly traded, uh, including Comark, one of the most well-known uh, Polish companies on the international tech scene. Um, he also leads the Internet Investment Fund, which is a venture capital fund for uh, technology companies in Poland. And some of his uh, most successful companies in that portfolio include Wind Mobile, Personal TV. It's a mobile solutions and recommendations technology. Uh, Vroom.pl, an automotive vertical search engine, over 700,000 users and Meble.pl, which is a leader in furniture e-commerce with over 800,000 visitors a month, and uh, Periscope.pl, which is a products review aggregator and analyzer electronic shopping guide with state-of-the-art technology. And then finally, Software Mind, which is a software house of semantic web solutions. So Raffle Stitchin, you'll hear in today's episode, uh, really has a broad view of the Polish technology scene, has been involved in it from the start. At the uh, end of the Cold War, he was just graduating from AGH, which is the top technical university in Poland, and uh, that's based in Krakow. He's currently serving as a CEO of one of his uh, old companies um, and running his investment fund. Just really an amazing uh, character um, and a a great, great mind for tech, but also a great heart for the future. Very optimistic uh, about Poland, the future of technology. And I think you're really going to enjoy today's show. So before today's show, just please uh, take a moment to listen to a word from today's sponsors of the show. And uh, after the show, if you enjoyed it, love to hear your feedback. Uh, get, drop me an email or better yet, if you love the show, share it with your friends by reviewing us on iTunes. This episode is brought to you by Hobraum in Krakow. The center connects the digital startup ecosystem with Deutsche Telekom. It links tech entrepreneurs and high-growth startup companies with the expert network, capital, and business opportunities of Deutsche Telekom. 
Hobram offers various programs in three locations. Berlin, covering Germany and Western Europe. Krakow, searching for innovations in the Central Eastern European region. And Tel Aviv, covering Israel. Various programs range from acceleration and incubation, including seed investments, to special formats like Fit for Europe. All of these offer benefits like co-working space, mentoring, networking events, and connections to Deutsche Telekom business units, like partnering as well as access to customers. If you're a startup based in Central and Eastern Europe and you would like to work at the best tech incubator in Poland, go to hubram.com and check out the upcoming programs for early stage companies. Hubram is a top place to meet, network with other entrepreneurs in Krakow and across Poland and the Central Eastern European region. It is also the site of a number of meetups and educational events in Krakow and in the Polish tech scene. If you're an investor and you're interested in investing in Central Eastern European tech scene, contact the Hubraum team. They have invested in some of the best companies out there. They're also incredibly well-connected and a great team to know. On a personal note, Hubraum changed my entrepreneurial business journey when I was running my last tech startup. When I came to Poland, I'd been running a virtual team all over the world and decided to build my team, centralize it in Krakow and Poland. I quickly grew my team to over 20 employees. I've spent many late nights at Hubraum doing great work with amazing people and is one of the best workspaces I've ever seen from a design, uh, aesthetic, ergonomics, and community perspective. If you need a developer, an HR recruiter, or a marketing expert, an analytics company, or even translations done on the spot, it is all there in this one amazing office. I have so many fond memories from my time at Hobram and continue to work out of there when I'm in Krakow. For more information, go to hobram.com forward slash locations forward slash Krakow. That's H-U-B-R-A-U-M. Uh, or just Google it, Hobram, and you'll find it. This episode is brought to you by Google Campus in Warsaw. Google Campus is part of a network of six worldwide campuses all over the world run by Google for Entrepreneurs, headquartered at the main office in its Mountain View headquarters in Silicon Valley. The Warsaw campus is one of only six other campuses in the world, and it is covering the entire Central and Eastern European region as a regional hub for innovation. When you become a member of Google Campus, you have access to their free cafe and event space, where there are usually one to two educational or networking events held daily, including a chance to interact with the Poland Google staff in Warsaw. You can also apply to join their part or full-time co-working space and startup accelerator programs they're doing in partnership with Innovation Nest Venture Capital Fund based in Krakow, Poland. You also have a free membership to all six Google campuses across the world, based in London, England, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Seoul, South Korea, Tel Aviv in Israel, and Madrid in Spain. Google Campus would like to encourage you to visit their website, campus.co forward slash Warsaw, or you can just type it into Google, I'm sure they'll help you find it, and register to become a member today. Campus Exchange Central and Eastern European Edition, brought to you by Google Campus in Warsaw, is also putting on a five-day immersion program designed to support the global expansion of startups in Central and Eastern Europe. To help you expand your business, Google Campus will be providing you teams with tools for market research and export, mentoring with industry leaders, innovation workshops, and invaluable connections. Criteria to apply includes your startup must be based in Central and Eastern European region, your tech product must be launched, have market traction with customer feedback, and getting ready for a global debut. Two attending founding members must also be able to attend the full program 
the next one starting in June of 2016. And finally, founders should be proficient in English. If you're a startup in Central and Eastern Europe poised to take your business international and want to boost from your friends at Google, Campus, and Warsaw, apply today to join this event. Go to campus.co forward slash Warsaw. Or again, just Google Campus Warsaw. I'm sure it will come up first in the search results. Google runs these programs periodically throughout its time. As you're listening to this, the next one uh, at the time of this recording will be held in the summer of 2016. But if it's past that, please go to the Google Campus website to find the next event. Hello again, Project Kaji Manage listener. My name is Sam Cook, your host with my co-host here, Richard. How are you, Richard? Very well. Good evening. Good morning. <laughs> Whatever time of bed is you're listening. Richard, um, always aware of people being on different time zones everywhere. So uh, welcome back uh, to another episode of uh, Project Kaji Manage. And we're here with... Um, uh, well, I'm going to make. I'm going to let Richard give the formal introduction of uh, our guest, uh, Rafał Stitchin, who um, is pretty legendary in the Polish and especially Krakow um, technology community. So, Richard, go ahead and give our intro here. Well, I, I won't give Rafał's full business biography because he should do that himself. But I remember when I think I first saw Rafał at a first Tuesday conference in Warsaw in 2000 or 2001, I remember thinking to myself, I didn't know intelligent, talented people in Poland existed like like Rafael because he was at that stage younger than he is today, speaking excellent English, talking the same language that I was used to in Cambridge, London, or the United States. Um, he's an extremely successful businessman. We're not only in business, we also work together on different projects to promote entrepreneurship. I believe at one stage his daughter was romantically interested in my son, although I don't know if that's still, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's... Or vice versa. <laughs> or, or vice versa. Deep, um, deeper the ties here. But, but you know, over the years we've, we've, we've cooperated in different different ways and um, I invited Rafael to speak at the first ever TEDx Krakow meeting back in, uh, conference back in 2010, where he gave a uh, a very interesting talk, which I recommend, called "The Rules of the Game," and, and we stay in touch. We don't. Uh, Raffles very successful at an international scale, as you'll hear in a moment. But um, basically, I'd say that it's great to have him as part of our business ecosystem here, in, in not just in Krakow, but in Poland and in Europe. So, Raffel, let's get started. Um, going all the way back, how did you get started in uh, in technology? Tell us about your your first foray into the brave new world of technology in Poland. Well, hello, everybody. <clears throat> Thank you for having me here. Well, <clears throat> it's a less of time for me talking about history because this is not what we, what we do, you know, I always focus about the future. So, so but, but briefly, I've started in 93 when I was back st a student of the last or no, uh, before the last year of uh, computer science at the uh, Krakow Technical University, where we founded together with my professor back then, telecommunication professor Janusz Filipiak. He had a project to deliver some new IT system for the Polish telecom back then, today Orange, as we started to develop some applications. Then we founded a company on the side of the university to start with the project. We were four back then, yes. The company grew very quickly. Within seven years, it became 1,000 people. Today, it's close to 4,000 people, and it's known Comarch. We IPO'd it in 97 by the year... 99, when the hype rise to the, or the dot com uh, reached its 
height it was worth one more than a billion zloty in Poland. This is more or less when I was selling my shares. Yes, so so I become I would say um, spoiled or rich pretty <laughs> pretty fast in my life. But then I, I sold the shares and started investing. Yes, so I I thought I knew what is what is needed, what is to be done. And I thought investing is easy, so I learned it the very hard way that, that knowing what is good is not the most important issue, but knowing how to invest uh, money is also very important. So I was doing actually VC investing for, for the next 10 years, where I came to a conclusion that, that being on the passive side is not that that really drives myself. And, and seeing how much money is chasing few good projects in this country and seeing this great project that we had on our hands, I decided back actually to, to work in the operational level on IT companies. And, and, and today I'm, I'm actually merged two of uh, my companies I had in the portfolio and I'm managing them today, I believe, successfully. So within this uh, short told story that spans like uh, almost 20 years, like we have funded around uh, several teen companies, which I would say five of them became very successful. Today they are employing more than 5,000 people. Nice valuations. Uh, three of them are public, quoted uh, on the stock exchange. Um, all of them are international. So our our aim from the very beginning is, is 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 bringing companies as fast as possible to the international market, not looking to the less developed market, as many people thought in the IT in Poland in the beginning, that if I'm successful here, I should go to, to the neighboring countries, to the eastern countries. Yes, we had always the perspective we need to go to the west, to the US, because if you are not able to compete over there, those companies will come here and we will be dead at the end, yes? And it turned out that we are faster, we are more eager, we are more hungry than most of the companies in the, in the as we consider them back then, spoiled societies of the Western <laughs> wealth countries, yes? And it's still truth till today, yes? I mean, today still we have a, a price arbitrage in the IT uh, workforce, which is, of course, the gap is, is lowering and, and, and it, it will disappear, I believe, in, in the future, but still this is the case. So, so it means that we are more effective. And back then in 93, the only way to buy an apartment was actually found a company for me, yes? There were no loans, no mortgages, nothing, yes? And we are working for a future where you can finish your work at five o'clock, close the notebook, you know, afford everything and have good life. This was not possible back then. Today, we're employing people that live this life. So one side is great. Second, back then, nine people out of 10 wanted to make a career. Today, you, it's hard to find one of 10. So that, that's the difference, yes? But it's been quite a journey and, and, and really, really interesting. Yes, of course, all the projects we did were in the IT, in the internet field, in consumer, in, in, in finance also. So after Comagy founded a company that's called Billboard, which was actually for the initially in the electronic bill present and payment field, then it turned out to be a huge network of, of bill payment network in the, in the regular stores. It was very successful growth to a network of 6,000 points. We sold it to GTEC, which is a lottery company of the, of the US. Then I founded SoftwareMind, which was, which was a software house for the banking and telco industry. Then we founded WindMobile, which was a company doing uh, services for the mobile industry. Very interesting model where actually we were leveraging on the customers of the... 
the center of innovation is here. And you know, this is part of the message of Project Kashmir, of this whole whole podcast, that there's something happening here which is beyond just good value for money. Like I said, having the vision is great, but the key is these concrete initiatives that drive it at the ground level. I, I really like uh, the idea of, of starting something really small with a small group of highly focused people and with an original idea and just, just take on the world, basically. You know, Poland is the land of opportunity and I, and I like to say the East is the new West because you always used to go West in history to find more adventure and danger and prove yourself. There are some good things beginning to happen here in Krakow, but we've got a very long way to go, haven't we? Hi, this is Sam Cook, founder and co-host of Project Kajimej. Welcome back to another episode of Season 2. And today's guest is Raffle Stitchen, who has, uh, since 1993, founded and developed uh, more than seven uh, well-recognized companies in Poland and throughout the world, employing more than 3,500 people with revenues exceeding over $250 million or a billion Polish złotes. Uh, two of them are publicly traded, uh, including Kamark, one of the most well-known uh, Polish companies on the international tech scene. Um, he also leads the Internet Investment Fund, which is a venture capital fund for uh, technology companies in Poland. And some of his uh, most successful companies in that portfolio include Wind Mobile, Personal TV. It's a mobile solutions and recommendations technology. Uh, Vroom.pl, an automotive vertical search engine, over 700,000 users and Meble.pl, which is a leader in furniture e-commerce with over 800,000 visitors a month, and uh, Periscope.pl, which is a products review aggregator and analyzer electronic shopping guide with state-of-the-art technology. And then finally, Software Mind, which is a software house of semantic web solutions. So Raffle Stitchin, you'll hear in today's episode, uh, really has a broad view of the Polish technology scene, has been involved in it from the start. At the uh, end of the Cold War, he was just graduating from AGH, which is the top technical university in Poland, and uh, that's based in Krakow. He's currently serving as a CEO of one of his uh, old companies um, and running his investment fund. Just really an uh, amazing uh, character um, and a, a great, great mind for tech, but also a great heart for the future. Very optimistic uh, about Poland, the future of technology and I think you're really going to enjoy today's show. So before today's show, just please uh, take a moment to listen to a word from today's sponsors of the show. And uh, after the show, if you enjoyed it, love to hear your feedback. Uh, get, drop me an email, or better yet, if you love the show, share it with your friends by reviewing us on iTunes. This episode is brought to you by Hobraum in Krakow. The center connects the digital startup ecosystem with Deutsche Telekom. It links tech entrepreneurs and high-growth startup companies with the expert network, capital, and business opportunities of Deutsche Telekom. Hobram offers various programs in three locations. Berlin, covering Germany and Western Europe. Krakow, searching for innovations in the Central Eastern European region. And Tel Aviv, covering Israel. Various programs range from acceleration and incubation, including seed investments, to special formats like Fit for Europe. All of these offer benefits like co-working space, mentoring, 
networking events, and connections to Deutsche Telekom business units, like partnering as well as access to customers. If you're a startup based in Central and Eastern Europe and you would like to work at the best tech incubator in Poland, go to hubram.com and check out the upcoming programs for early stage companies. Hubram is a top place to meet, network with other entrepreneurs in Krakow and across Poland and the Central Eastern European region. It is also the site of a number of meetups and educational events in Krakow and in the Polish tech scene. If you're an investor and you're interested in investing in Central Eastern European tech scene, contact the Hubraum team. They invest in some of the best companies out there. They're also incredibly well-connected and a great team to know. On a personal note, Hubraum changed my entrepreneurial business journey when I was running my last tech startup. When I came to Poland, I'd been running a virtual team all over the world and decided to build my team, centralize it in Krakow, Poland. I quickly grew my team to over 20 employees. I've spent many late nights at Hubraum doing great work with amazing people and is one of the best workspaces I've ever seen from a design, uh, aesthetic, ergonomics, and community perspective. If you need a developer, an HR recruiter, or a marketing expert, an analytics company, or even translations done on the spot, it is all there in this one amazing office. I have so many fond memories from my time at Hobram and continue to work out of there when I'm in Krakow. For more information, go to hobram.com forward slash locations forward slash Krakow. That's H-U-B-R-A-U-M. Uh, or just Google it, Hobram, and you'll find it. This episode is brought to you by Google Campus in Warsaw. Google Campus is part of a network of six worldwide campuses all over the world run by Google for Entrepreneurs, headquartered at the main office in its Mountain View headquarters in Silicon Valley. The Warsaw campus is one of only six other campuses in the world, and it is covering the entire Central and Eastern European region as a regional hub for innovation. When you become a member of Google Campus, you have access to their free cafe and event space, where there are usually one to two educational or networking events held daily, including a chance to interact with the Poland Google staff in Warsaw. You can also apply to join their part or full-time co-working space and startup accelerator programs they're doing in partnership with Innovation Nest Venture Capital Fund based in Krakow, Poland. You also have a free membership to all six Google campuses across the world, based in London, England, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Seoul, South Korea, Tel Aviv in Israel, and Madrid in Spain. Google Campus would like to encourage you to visit their website, campus.co forward slash Warsaw, or you can just type it into Google, I'm sure they'll help you find it, and register to become a member today. Campus Exchange Central and Eastern European Edition, brought to you by Google Campus in Warsaw, is also putting on a five-day immersion program designed to support the global expansion of startups in Central and Eastern Europe. To help you expand your business, Google Campus will be providing you teams with tools for market research and export, mentoring with industry leaders, innovation workshops, and invaluable connections. Criteria to apply includes your startup must be based in Central and Eastern European region, your tech product must be launched, have market traction with customer feedback, and getting ready for a global debut. Two attending founding members must also be able to attend the full program the next one starting in June of 2016. And finally, founders should be proficient in English. If you're a startup in Central and Eastern Europe poised to take your business international and want to boost from your friends at Google, Campus, and Warsaw, apply today to join this event. Go to campus.co forward slash Warsaw. Or again, just Google Campus Warsaw. I'm sure it will come up first in the search results. Google runs these programs periodically throughout its time. As you're listening to this, the next one 
uh, at the time of this recording will be held in the summer of 2016. But if it's past that, please go to the Google Campus website to find the next event. Hello again, Project Kaji Manage listener. My name is Sam Cook, your host with my co-host here, Richard. How are you, Richard? Very well. Good evening. Good morning. <laughs> Whatever time of day it is you're listening. Richard, um, always aware of people being on different time zones everywhere. So uh, welcome back uh, to another episode of uh, Project Kaji Manage. We're here with... Um, uh, well, I'm going to make. I'm going to let Richard give the formal introduction of uh, our guest, uh, Rafał Stitchin, who um, is pretty legendary in the Polish and especially Krakow um, technology community. So, Richard, go ahead and give our intro here. Well, I, I won't give Rafał's full business biography because he should do that himself. But I remember when I think I first saw Rafał at a first Tuesday conference in Warsaw in 2000 or 2001, I remember thinking to myself, I didn't know intelligent, talented people in Poland existed like like Rafael because he was at that stage younger than he is today, speaking excellent English, talking the same language that I was used to in Cambridge, London or the United States. Um, he's an extremely successful businessman. We're not only in business, we also work together on different projects to promote entrepreneurship. I believe at one stage his daughter was romantically interested in my son, although I don't know if that's still, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's... Or vice versa. <laughs> or, or vice versa. Deep, um, deeper the ties here. But, but you know, over the years we've, we've, we've cooperated in different different ways and um, I invited Rafael to speak at the first ever TEDx Krakow meeting back in, uh, conference back in 2010, where he gave a uh, a very interesting talk, which I recommend, called "The Rules of the Game," and, and we stay in touch. We don't. Uh, Raffles very successful at an international scale, as you'll hear in a moment. But um, basically, I'd say that it's great to have him as part of our business ecosystem here, in, in not just in Krakow, but in Poland and in Europe. So, Raffle, let's get started. Um, going all the way back, how did you get started in uh, in technology? Tell us about your your first foray into the brave new world of technology in Poland. Well, hello everybody. <clears throat> Thank you for having me here. Well, <clears throat> it's a less of time for me talking about history because this is not what we what we do, you know, I always focus about the future. So so but but briefly I've started in 93 when I was back st a student of the last or no uh, before the last year of uh, computer science at the uh, Krakow Technical University where we founded together with my professor back then telecommunication professor Janusz Filipiak he had a project to deliver some new IT system for the Polish telecom back then today Orange as we started to develop some application then we founded a company on the side of the university to start with the project we were four back then yes the company grew very quickly within seven years it became 1,000 people today it's close to 4,000 people and it's known Comarch we IPO'd it in 97 by the year 99 when the hype rise to the, or the dot com uh, reached its height it was worth one more than a billion zlot in Poland this is more as when I was selling my shares yes so so I become I would say um, spoiled or rich pretty <laughs> pretty fast in my life but then I, I sold the shares and started investing yes so I I thought I knew what is what is needed what is to be done and I thought investing is easy, so I learned it the very hard way that, that knowing what is good is not the 
most important issue, but knowing how to invest uh, money is also very important. So I was doing actually VC investing for, for the next 10 years, where I came to a conclusion that, that being on the passive side is not that that really drives myself. And, and seeing how much money is chasing few good projects in this country and seeing this great project that we had on our hands, I decided back actually to, to work in the operational level on IT companies. And, and, and today I'm, I'm actually merged two of uh, my companies I had in the portfolio and I'm managing them today, I believe, successfully. So within this uh, short told story that spans like uh, almost 20 years, like we have funded around uh, several 10 companies, which I would say five of them became very successful. Today they're employing more than 5,000 people. Nice valuations, uh, three of them are public, uh, quoted on the stock exchange. Um, all of them are international. So our, our aim from the very beginning is, 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 is bringing companies as fast as possible to the international market, not looking to the less developed market as many people thought in the IT in Poland in the beginning that if I'm successful here, I should go to, to the neighboring countries, to the eastern countries. Yes, we had always the perspective we need to go to the west, to the US, because if you are not able to compete over there, those companies will come here and we will be dead at the end, yes? And it turned out that we are faster, we are more eager, we are more hungry than most of the companies in the, in the as we consider them back then, spoiled societies of the Western <laughs> wealth countries, yes? And it's still truth till today, yes? I mean, today still we have a, a price arbitrage in the IT uh, workforce, which is, of course, the gap is, is nowhering and, and, and it, it will disappear, I believe, in, in the future, but still this is the case, so, so it means that we are more effective. And back then in 93, the only way to buy an apartment was actually found a company for me, yes? There were no loans, no mortgages, nothing, yes? And we are working for a future where you can finish your work at five o'clock, close the notebook, you know, afford everything and have good life. This was not possible back then. Today, we're employing people that live this life. So one side is great. Second, back then, nine people out of 10 wanted to make a career. Today, you, it's hard to find one of 10. So that, that's the difference, yes? But it's been quite a journey and, and, and really, really interesting. Yes, of course, all the projects we did were in the IT, in the internet field, in consumer, in, in, in finance also. So after Comarch, we founded a company that's called Billboard, which was actually for the initially in the electronic bill present and payment field. Then it turned out to be a huge network of, of bill payment network in the, in the regular stores. It was very successful growth to a network of 6,000 points. We sold it to GTEC, which is a lottery company of the, of the US. Then I founded Software Mind, which was, which was a software house for the banking and telco industry. Then we founded Wind Mobile, which was a company doing uh, services for the mobile industry. Very interesting model where actually we were leveraging on the customers of the telco operators to actually access themselves with our services, having a subscription fee. So successfully IPO'd Wind Mobile, which bought afterwards Software Mind, we merged them together, and today it's Ileron, and it's fascinating how it's developing today. We founded also Meble, Meble.pl, which is the biggest Polish e-commerce in furnitures, but not only being an e-commerce, it also produces on-demand custom-designed furnitures on the, on, on, you know, on the Polish market as far as today. But this is a very disruptive model that will be rolling out to the neighboring countries this year already. So, and it's growing also very fast. So many interesting things and uh, 
I would rather not focus on the past. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. And, and you know, I, I remember, I think it was when it was Bill Bird, um, we, uh, one of my businesses, SKK, sold several thousand barcode scanners to scan the bills. So we did have some business relationship and I think we gave you a fantastic deal because I remember you told me, Richard, just because you know me doesn't mean the price is allowed to be high. And, and um, so that was one business benefit. But yet looking, looking to the um, future, I, 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 one of the, one of the, you know, there was a lot of buzzwords around, like mobile, like like you know, Internet of Things, um, uh, context-based computing. But if if you think of the the trends that are going on in the world at the moment, which do you think are the most important that are relevant to your businesses? Are there some particular ones that you've noticed that that drive the strategy of your businesses? Well, there's there's so many things going on in the world right now. You know, I have I have the impression that we are really living in extremely interesting times, and there is a lot of innovation happening right now. I mean, and then the disruption that is coming. You know, of of course, everybody is talking about the autonomous cars. Yes, about about technology that we are again in a race between not only states like the U.S. and the Russians, but also private company like the SpaceX to put the first man on the Mars. And this is this is really unbelievable because most of the development that we today consume is coming from the from the moon race. Yes. So I think this is again a race that will that will develop you know huge advantages for the civilization and for the for the way we use technology. So, uh, Richard, honestly, I mean. In every aspect of, of our life you look, um, you will see huge development that is only just today starting to, I would say, uh, affect us. I mean, what happened with the mobile industry? Yes, we started like in the 90s carrying a brick. And today, if you look at people, they are not human anymore. You know, they sit together and they are looking at the world through their small screen. This is what is really happening. Yes, so actually, Mobile companies were so stupid that the whole life is going now through us and they don't know how to make money, yet they cry. I mean, the world is changing dramatically. We are today starting to see the world through technology. I believe that within 10 years, 80% of the population will be living at home at the couch with kinds of Oculus rifts at the eyes and this is the way they will be traveling, doing sex or whatever. It's, it's sad from one side, but, but I would say what, what, what we are today touching in technology is just the beginning. I mean, imagine these autonomous cars, yes? We know, you see today traffic, most of the cars going with one driver, yes? Most of the cars actually staying idle. I mean, everything will change, yes? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned... With Tesla parking downstairs, it's just only the beginning, yes? Yes, I mean, I, you, you mentioned the, the, the autonomous cars and the inefficiency of driving, and I know you, at one stage you were involved in a peer-to-peer -peer lending platform, and yeah. um, so I'm very, very... I'm quite actively investing in some peer-to-peer -peer businesses, and certainly it makes so much more sense. I think Sam came here by Uber, Uber yes. this evening. I, I had my car at work, so I drove. But do, do you see those kind of trends being being important? You obviously invested in it a while back with Moneta. I think it was Moneta, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but, but are you, do, you, do you see that as being as disruptive as some people do? It is extreme. I would say when I was investing in Moneta, it was, it was pretty too early for the... Uh, I would say for the peer-to-peer -peer business models. Uh, what is the what is the problem with this? I think Uber is the first really big business model that's showing that through social recommendation or social platforms you can get a financial benefit and a high quality service. 
Yes, I mean, if you compare this to financial um, systems, so far through recommendation or, or that kind of acquiring customers, most you ended up in a fraudulent service, yes? So U Uber is one of the first services, Airbnb is one of the first services that is today educating people that through recommendation from Facebook, through social uh, services, you can get actually a high-quality service cheaper. And this, this is, I think, a big dramatical shift that, that will enable in the future, or is starting to enabling right now, to offer financial services that are peer-based. So it was way too earlier for the, for the social lending service. And if we look at social lendings all over the world, either at the US or at the UK markets where you see, you know, Zoppa or Prosper, you know, they are perceived as, as, as successes, but they are not. You know, in terms of the financial markets, something that is hugely successful should have trillions of dollars, yes? And not like hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions is not a success in terms of lending money. So it, it, what it shows that social lending is not a success. Why? I mean, I have several thoughts about this, but I don't want to go too deep into, into, into social lending systems. But, but I think, you know, the general social, uh, social or peer services can change a lot of things and can uh, move out some inefficiencies that we have today with distribution of goods. But I believe there are still some services that is very hardly applicable. Yes, no, I know, certainly I, I would agree that the, the I, I don't actually think that financial has failed. I just think it hasn't succeeded yet that I, I, I lend money through Bondora, which is the largest euro platform lending in euros. And it's still growing by 5% or 10% a month. It's, you know, its growth is fast, but it's still not big. It's just coming from, but the market is enormous. Um, so we talk, you talked about... That's why it should be bigger if it would be successful. Look, yeah, at no, that, look at Airbnb, look at Uber, look how fast it's growing, yes? So, so if the financial services are not growing that fast and the market is so huge, it means that there is something not working. This is how I look at it, yes? Mm. And, the pro and the problem with, with, with borrowing through, through peer services, I would say, is the problem of actually um, coming up with the supply of money. That's the issue. On time, this is the problem. So not there is not, not that there is not enough money in the society to be lended. The problem is the, uh, the smooth lining of the process. I think that the money is available at the moment you need it. Yes, because either you need to automate that whole process, and people don't want to have a machine investing their money. Yes, so they they, they want to react, and 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 if they need to react, there is not enough supply. I would say to fulfill, and there is also an issue of actually the. Very different societies, like let's say the Germans, they were honest, yes, now the Italians are thieves, yes, Polish people are also more like, you know, something in between, yes, a lazy thief. And, and, and you know, this is a problem of coping with it, scoring and stuff. I agree that, that we will come finally to, mm. to, to, to the solution to this, but, but I would say today I could, I could put a... Uh, a statement that this is not successful because mm. it's way too small for the size of the market. It means that we did not figure out the model yet. Mm -hmm. And we're, you're talking about financial um, financial transactions, lending, and, and money flows. And Richard, I think one of our future guests will be TechCrunch editor John Biggs, who's working on solving that problem with with his his um, app. And one his solution or his idea is that Bitcoin um, is 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 not nearly as valuable as a currency, although it does have value, as it is as, uh, like the 
the TCIP packets on the internet as as a secure, um, uncorruptible ledger for transferring money quickly, instantly, with almost no transaction costs. So it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, fintech, as they call it, is behind, and everyone keeps waiting for that financial revolution um, because basically we're doing banking the way we used to do it for the last 50 um, years. John, John, I wish you all the best, but keep in mind that several U.S. presidents have been killed uh, of, of trying to 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 nationalize the Federal Reserve, yes? Yeah? So, so <laughs> He's taking on the Federal Reserve, yeah. Cu currency, currency is a big issue now. If you, if you want to introduce another currency into the monetary market, you may suspect to be killed as well. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a, an interesting prediction. And, so, uh, and you can also maybe mention you do some work with the banking, the banking sector, your clients. No, but, so what, but we, do, we do a lot, and we do a lot of, a lot of great things. Yes. Now, you, you, you need to know that the Polish banking system and the Polish um, internet banking and digital bank is one of the most developed in the world. Yes. So actually, services that we develop here in Poland are very interesting and we are able to export them very fast and very nice. For example, our LifeBank solution where we develop a uh, life agent that, that can, through uh, technology, talk to the customers, which is uh, closing the gap between branches and digital banking. It's extremely popular. We're selling it now to banks all over the world. Lately, we have closed a deal with Singapore banks, Malaysian banks, with the United, United Emirates. Yes, so, so we are very successful in, in developing new services using digital delivery for the banking industry. And not only this, also a lot of, a lot of other automation. We have, we have developed a, a pure mobile bank in Poland called SmartBank that we are right now in the process of, of working and rolling it out to, to pan-European uh, countries and China as well. So, um, so th th this, this, is this is really great, yes, that we have an opportunity here on the Polish market to develop something that is really at the edge of the customer demands worldwide, yes. And there are very few markets developed like this in Poland, so this, this is the problem. As I always said, we have excellent IT people in Poland, but unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, they can write uh, excellent code, but they don't know what to write because they are not exposed to the really demanding markets of the world, yes? Now, if we can switch, close the gap and expand and, and actually expose them to the, to the needs of the, of the modern markets, then we can develop great products. And now in banking, this is the case here in Poland, but in other markets, now we, we need first to, to, to enter on, into those markets, understand the needs, and then if we learn it, we can come up with great products, yes? And this is slowly happening. Another product that we have developed for the hotel industry, we were great, we were very successful in Poland, and we entered in Dubai, and we learned that we have completely right the software, and we came to Germany, and we understood that they are, they are having completely different needs, but today, we are coming up with great products that will be ourselves closing the needs of or fulfilling the needs of, of most of the market. So it just requires learning. Yeah, but and, and it's very interesting. I don't know what you feel about the, the wave of bank branch opening that in the UK and mature markets generally the number of bank branches tend to shrink and close. And you know, we have a product today that you, you, can, you can tell it's, it's, it's like a Skype for the banks, but the difference between Skype and our product is that this is very high quality, it is recorded, it, it, it has all the, all the needs for, for the security from the banks, that, and, and you can also exchange documents and do all the transactions that you could do in a bank today through a 
video communicating channel, but also voice. You have also chat, so you can use you can use various various channels. The bank representative can present you on the screen they offer, can calculate mortgages for you online and stuff like this. But the most important issue of, from that is when you when you present your ID while you're talking, it makes an HD photography and it is accepted as the proof of signing a, a, a document or a contract, yes? So by means of introducing this technology, you can either roll out the bank without having branches or close your branches, yes? And this is, well, and that, that, I was this is a very come, important issue. Exactly, because I was going to say that bringing together the branch experience and the, and the online experience, in fact, the branch experience, even in a very nice modern bank, is usually horrendous. You walk in, you have to wait, and people are so much less patient now than they used to be in Poland, and everyone values their time. And I was going to ask you to draw an analogy between what, what Meblipel might do to the furniture market in terms of perhaps to some extent re removing the need to have a store displaying a better, better, cheaper way of displaying furniture compared to what's going on in banking. And because I, I feel the future of retail is very interesting and, and, and re people who own retail real estate might need to worry just as much as people who own real estate rented to banks. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this this is one thing, but I would compare more what we are doing with with Meblepel is more is more like what the uh, cheap airlines did to the airline industry because actually everybody would like to have custom designed furniture at home, not the ready one. The problem is people either do not afford it or the time of waiting for it is way too long. Yes. Now what we are doing, we are putting down the price of of customed produced furnitures to the price of the retail furnitures and the delivery time to two days. Which means that instead of having a cabinet that is not fitting your walls or a kitchen not fitting your walls, you can easily draw them or rescale them on the, on the web page and order them. They are being produced within 24 hours and shipped to you within three days. And then you can just assemble them as IKEA furnitures. But, they are, but you choose out of 200 colors you choose out the whatever design you would like to have, and then they are they are fitting your room. Yes, either they they fit b b below your window if you want to order a cabinet, or they fit to your to your whole wall if you want to order a, a a kitchen. And to do this, it took us more than eight years actually of working on the service with with, with our first small line. Then we had to order a big line because it. it immediately I would say sold out. So now we have a big factory that is that is able to produce everything automatically. Yes? So you go on the page, you choose out of various uh, models you want, you rescale them, you choose colors, you choose def different details, you click order and the production starts automatically in our factory, like robots move everything and it's just packed within two days and shipped to you, yes? And, and this is true. Now, if, if you look at, at furniture e-commerce, this is also an, another issue that, that you have mentioned, Richard. I mean, to, to order furnitures, you needed to see a lot of stores before. If you were, for example, looking for an orange sofa, because you like this, it's usually in a regular store you would find one or two. So now if you wanted to see at least 10 to have uh, the choice, or find to find to find that one that you really wanted to find, you had to visit like ten stores. Yes. Now with with e-commerce where we have like sixty thousand furnitures on on display, you can really choose whatever you want. Now, you are not custom to this that when you order a furniture, you take it with you and go out of the store. It means that you accept that the delivery time can be a few days. This is not a problem. So actually, 
from, from that point of view, furniture are the ideal e-commerce product. Because, because you, you more want to see how this furniture looks in your room together with another furniture you choose from another store with using or virtual reality or you look through your phone, for example, where these 3D images are displayed in your room, how it really looks. This is what you really want to know because you, you pretty much know how leather feels or what the, what's the dimensional sizes are, yes? So actually, in comparison, going to a store where you can sit in a chair, it's more important for you to see how this chair looks with your table at your home. And you click order and you don't expect it to arrive now. You can wait for a few days. So from that point of view, really the variety of choice and the, and the experience of shopping online can be from furniture way better than it is, than it is online. But m building a f an e-commerce store for, for furniture was not ambitious enough for us. You know, I didn't want it to be just a retailer. We wanted to do something different. And, and we understood that internet is not only one way, it's just two ways. So it means that you can affect the way the furniture is, is built. And we, we saw a, a lot of inefficiency in the, in the tailor-made furnitures, yes? That it took so long that, you know, this, that there were so many small uh, factories, or even not factories, yes, that were building this, that if we were able to automate it and make it, you know, scalable, that, that the idea of, the, that it was so famous 20 years ago of mass customization can be finally realized. And today we see it working. If anyone's read Thomas Friedman's book, The World is Flat, there's a description of the process of what happens after you click buy when you buy a Dell computer. And it describes how, and the, the brilliant financial results of Dell in those days was based around they took the money, and then in the next few hours, they put the computer together. And the same economics, you know, the, the efficiency of use of capital is phenomenal in this process because you, you, you sell things before you build them. You have no, no wasted stock, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean but this is, this is not the most important issue that you don't have wasted stock, yes? The problem is that you don't have even, uh, you, you don't even make risk in producing exactly, something, exactly. yes? Exactly, that's what I mean. You that don't is, have that stock is, that will never sell. It's not just the size of the magazine. That is not you, bought, yeah. But, it, but you don't build things that aren't sold, and this is, this is a huge area of waste and inefficiency. So, so build to order, I think, is, uh, is, is a very interesting feature and clearly, and can you give any numbers about Meblipal in terms of the number of items of furniture you're making a day or a, a year or some financial numbers? Because I remember you told me some Austrian company wanted to acquire it and you just said no, because the prospects are too good without it. That's, that's right, that's right. I mean, we, we had several several offers already that, that we have declined. Right now we are uh, we have started with a new automated assembly line this year. We hope it will, it will run full by the end of the year. Then we will be thinking about setting up a new one. And then this is just only for the Polish market. And we believe by the end of, uh, or by mid of this year, we will be ready to, to, to ship also to the neighboring countries, yes. Now, the, the, the shipment prices are changing. The regulation in the EU that will be enforcing the same price in, in, in many countries will help us also very much. So uh, I don't know the actual numbers because I will be there next 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 uh, week. So we'll see how it looks like. But we are we are producing several thousand monthly. Yeah, mm -hmm. so pieces pieces. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by James Cook Media. I founded James Cook Media when I moved to Poland. James Cook Media is a full-service digital marketing and sales agency. Our mission is to bring world-class products to the global English-speaking market. 
The thing that I've noticed in Poland is how many amazing, talented companies there are building great products, and they're struggling to get traction in the international English-speaking market. I think that's a shame, and I want to help these companies get their products to the market. Silicon Valley parlance, you would call us growth hackers. My team of specialists that I've trained from the beginning here in Poland builds from scratch custom marketing funnels. This includes ideal customer visualization and profiling, complete branding, visual identity, videos, music, uh, website and landing page copywriting, landing page and website design, marketing video commercials, sales videos, testimonial videos, as well as custom written music podcast productions like this one, content marketing, search engine optimization, website optimization, and paid media traffic campaign design management, as well as optimization, including Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, LinkedIn ads, Pinterest ads, and Instagram ads. So that's a lot. But I've been doing marketing online now for over 10 years in multiple industries from e-commerce to tourism to software as a service, digital publishing, money transfer apps, and online sports marketing. Over the course of this time, I founded two separate companies as well as worked for loads of clients all over the world. And I had to learn every part of online marketing. I came to Poland to build my own in-house marketing team for my last business. And I'll tell you that the talent here is absolutely world-class, as good as any marketing talent you would find in New York City. I personally design my campaigns, write the copy, direct the videos, do the setup with the project manager, and a full-time team of specialists of designers, developers, ad managers, and optimizers to fully manage from start to finish your marketing so you can focus on your product and your business. If you think you'd like to learn more about my company and what we may be able to do for you, go to jamescook.pl and enter your information. You will also find information about meetups that I'm running with Ava Vysotska of Good Tribe Consulting, where you can learn all about the latest in marketing strategy and techniques. Even when I work with clients, I make sure that they completely understand my marketing philosophy and strategy so that they can have buy-in and ownership of it. Because as a business owner, you always need to completely own your strategy for getting your product to market. But we help you do it. If you're a startup or an investor from outside of Poland and you're interested in visiting Krakow and Warsaw's startup scene in Poland or even moving here to set up your team, James Cook Media also offers high-level concierge services to help companies get set up here. I moved to Poland because I believe East is the new West. For 400 years, brave, intrepid entrepreneurs have been going West to the U.S. and the American West for prospecting. Now San Francisco and California is so overpriced and so expensive, the new digital gold rush, as I call it, where you can get the most value for your money in terms of investment is here in Eastern Europe, where you have world-class engineering talent, designers, video makers, artists, graphic artists, and marketers. You can do New York City agency or San Francisco level coding work for a very competitive price. If you're interested to learn more, please go to the website jamescook.pl, enter your information, and we'll give you more information about how we might be able to help you. So really the only thing you have to manage is raw material the material um, to build the furniture. That's your, your main inventory, which in theory is a lot more efficient than uh, having stock then. Yeah, I mean, not, not, not only raw, raw inventory, but also accessories, yes, that we have really a, a great variety of that you can choose, you know, different things that are used to assembly furniture, but also the, the outside elements that you see, yes, so there's, there's a lot of. If you look at the kitchen, the most value is inside and outside, yes. Mm -hmm. And people do not know it. 
So if you, for example, buy with us, you have this transparency that you can order like Mercedes-like accessories, yes, or Jaguar-like accessories, or you can go to the middle level, or you can buy the cheapest. It affects dramatically the price of the kitchen, yes? But from the outside, it looks the same. The only issue is, I mean, will it last for, for 10 years, or will it, you will get problems after two years, or you know, the, the way how, it, how the door closes. This is the difference between Fiat and Mercedes, yes? Like, when you close the door, you hear it, yes? This is exactly the same here, and the price can, can go. You know, the idea of the founder from the very beginning was brilliant. He said, he, he, was, he was a car racer before, and he said, I would like to do something like the Audi, yes? That you order the standard model, but then you start to customize it, and it's getting twice as much expensive, yes? And this is where you make the margin, and this is happening today, yeah? yeah. This was not possible before with the furniture. Yeah? Let's say you have four basic colors, but we can have 200. Now, if you have the choice of choosing, so we prefer to have something slightly different than the four basic colors, yes? You choose the metallic one, yes? Now, and, and it goes 30% up. And then you just start to customize, you know, all other issues. And finally, you end up with something that is twice as expensive as expensive you started in the very beginning. But you bought into this idea already from the very beginning, from the standard price. So this is, this is the beauty. And we are not cheating people. This is the way how it works, yes? It's what people want, right? Yeah. And if you get, and I mean, I mean, and it's still, it's still, it's still way cheaper. I mean, for for price, uh, for price uh, sensitive people, we are bringing the the price really. I mean, we are at, at the IKEA price, and you can customize it. Yes. Now, for example, for the Western world again, where you have richer people, the price is not the issue. The problem is that over there, you wait like three months even for the furniture being built if you want to have it custom. And this is the biggest problem that we can solve over there. If, if we, we today ship in five days, yes, but we could do it in two days. We, I mean, there is no need of doing it. So, so this is the issue, yes, and, and the beauty of it also. And if you, I mean, obviously the, the giant of e-commerce is Amazon.com, which is, you know, at Christmas, the, or the Financial Times was reporting what happened in the UK retail market where, you know, people were shopping online on Christmas Day, on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, but the actual high street sales were flat, but the online just continues to grow and grow. Do, do you see um, what you're doing as something you want to expand into other areas as well? The, and the, the expertise to build to order in furniture might be a competence that could stretch into other other markets or do you think you're busy enough with furniture to because Amazon tends to the reason I mentioned Amazon they seem to have the ambition to sell everyone everything everywhere and this is this is uh, maybe it's best just to focus on the niche of furniture I don't know you know that's Amazon but they're a seller they are selling, yes. I mean, the only thing they are producing is they are producing actual computing power, yes. And e-books. They, they and TV they, shows. They, they are not producing content, yes. I mean, they, they, they are just having a platform for people to publish. Yeah, but they, publish are, they are publishing. They, are, they, negotiate, they, they have Amazon book. They, they are actually competing with the content publishers now. They, they do directly. Yeah, with but, but they think this is their competence from, from, from like 20, 20 years, yes. This is the, the mm -hmm. core competence, and I believe, I mean, we should stick to it, yes? Mm -hmm. And I think that the, 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 the biggest problem in business is saying no, so you're saying no, furniture is enough. Okay, that's good. And, and, uh, but there is a lot to be done, yes? Because from one side, I mean, you, you, you see, I mean, also, the, as I said, the beauty in, in uh, uh, cheap airlines that famous Richard Branson discovered when he, when he founded Virgin is that finally he has a business where he gets money in advance, even way 
months before he's selling the ticket. That's really the beauty for one thing, that you are being paid when somebody's ordered before even you start producing it, yes? So this is the, 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 the money flow. But se second beauty is that you are vertically integrated, as you say, which means margin, margins are pretty high, yes? Now, if you are only a retailer, I mean, you are only in one part of the, of the whole value chain. This is where Amazon is. That's why they need to be broad. They need to go broad, yes, because they are only... But on the other hand, like in books or in some areas, they're starting also to do this vertical well, they're also starting. Extension. They're also starting to build their own shipping company. Um, they That's are right. also on their Amazon Prime. They've they've launched two of the top five award-winning television shows were produced by Amazon, and the other three, I think, yeah. were Netflix. So um, it's interesting that those businesses started as distribution channels, and now they're like you talking about. They're trying to go vertical. Um, no, the problem the is, I mean, chain. you cannot do everything. I mean, you cannot be very horizontal and also very vertical because then you take the whole market. Yes, now nobody did that yet. <laughs> will, will stay. <laughs> I mean, Rockefeller tried, yes, but there was a solution to this as well. Yes, the government, the government yeah, broke yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking of Rockefeller. Obviously, I think that today's news was that oil is below $30, $30 a barrel again. Do you, when you're planning your business, worry about the uh, these big swings in global conditions where whether it's you know American interest rates finally starting to rise, oil and commodities being being low, or even or even these these political problems that are happening in Europe. I mean, they affect you. I mean, there is there is no way they wouldn't affect you. Yes, because for example, if you're in the process of putting a company to the stock exchange at the IPO, yes, and then the market is going dramatically down because of some disasters. You know, all the investment funds they are just you know behaving like people in the room where the light goes off. Yes, nobody's taking decisions whatsoever, so they are affecting you and and you need to live with this. But on the other hand, now, taking them into consideration, your plans uh, would be a nightmare because you cannot predict them. You cannot predict them. It's, it's like, with, with, like with the currencies, for example, now, yeah? I mean, you don't know how it's really happening. I believe there are people that are affecting those things, yes, and the crisis, they are not something that's happening by... Uh, by coincidence, but there, there are no big guys that are, that are actually putting us in, in those in those elements. Now I don't have the knowledge when it's happening. Yeah. You can only read after that, you know, that the, the, the Rothschilds exchange everything into gold before the 2004. Uh, in 2004, when 2007 we had the crisis. Now, of course, this might be coincidence, but I don't think so. Yeah. Uh -uh. So uh, if, if you don't have the knowledge or you cannot influence those kind of things, you should not care about them and do whatever you do. Now, of course, you can find yourself very troubled. We have been doing an IPO of our company uh, la this last year, yes, 2015. Now, we wanted, uh, June was perfect, but unfortunately, Polish Security Commission did not approve our prospectus. So we entered into July. July, now vacation are starting, yes? And so, so we said, okay, we might consider doing it, but then the Greece problem arises, and so no, the stocks went down, nobody was buying, so we said, okay, vacations, so now, now we went out, yes? So we came after vacation, we said, okay, we, we, we might consider doing the IPO now, the China problem began. I said, I said finally, you know, screw it, we are, we're going anyhow, because if we are waiting for, you know, a good window, perfect window, I mean, it might never occur, like, like we kept the perfect wave. So we went ahead, and we are the only one IPO, or actually one of the two that happened within this period. Most of the other guys, like canceled, and, 
And it was very difficult, I must say, because it was not an easy time to, to convince the investors to buy shares. But, but we did it finally. And I think, you know, this is what you have to do, you know, just close your fist and go forward. Yeah, and I think there are things you can focus on, which is like what your customers needs or problems exactly. are and Focus how, to, how, on to, how to fix them and also how to optimize your operations, raise your productivity, cut your costs. These you can always do every year. Focus on business, yes. And then the financial, and Benjamin Graham in his book, The Intelligent Investor, said that you have to imagine the stock market is like a guy in the room who will do business with you every day. He will buy your stuff and you, you never know what Mr. Market will say, but he's there in the room and he's available, but you can't let him decide what you do. It's just like an extra fact and it can, can make I mean, if you're, if you're doing something that customers are buying, yes, I mean, if you are solving their real needs, money is coming after that. I mean, it's, it's not, unless you're so stupid, but if you're so stupid, you cannot bring a product that's really solving uh, customer needs in a massive scale. So if you are clever enough, you are then clever enough to make money and do it. Of course, even you know people say don't don't let yourself you know like be uh, put on the edge or, or like pressed to the wall yes when you're negotiating it's not true I mean you know maintain big balls that's the issue yes I mean have courage otherwise and that's the problem you know people lack courage and then then they are losing it's not lack of money that you are losing lack of courage makes you lose. Rafa, one of the I think one of the great lessons um, from your business career and what all the Polish entrepreneurs are obsessed with these days is is going to the West, going to the the biggest market, the English-speaking market um, based in the U.S. Um, young Polish entrepreneur listening to this, um, you've been successful in this now um, with multiple companies. Um, what is your advice? Uh, what does Poland need more of? What are the toolkits that founding teams need more of to be successful? Nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing. You, ju you just have to believe you can do it and that's it. Yes, I mean, we were raised here with the state actually always making problems to us. So we were never expecting any help from anybody. The, the, the best help would be just we would be left alone, that nobody will be making problems to us. Yes. So I would say we don't need anything. We, we have everything right now. If people are saying that, that we don't have something, so you're not successful, this is not true. I mean, we speak English or we can learn Chinese. We have access to technology that's never, ever been possible, yes? Like, I've been learning how to program out of books. Now, today, all the knowledge is accessible. So not only knowledge, we can also see what people need in other countries. So we can start developing products for them. Now, distribution is extremely easy. And uh, traveling is extremely cheap today. Now, so, so we don't need anything. Just to do it. Just to do it. You, you, need, you need just only have courage, yes? From time to time and need to, to believe you can make it possible, yes? And this is the truth. I mean, we, we raise, of course, children. It's like everything is possible. You can dream whomever you can be. And in part, it's true, yes? I think believing is the most important issue. Of course, you need to, to know what you believe in, yes? I mean, because sometimes you can, you can believe in something that is, that is uh, not, not, not possible. Yeah, but and, and the, just recently, the majority of Polish people voting chose a government that rather believes that the last twenty-five years has gone in the wrong way. They're somehow not promoting this optimistic, positive, we can do it feeling, but more a kind of 
a sense that things went badly wrong. It's not fair. Like, and uh, do you, do you think? I, well, I I don't want to go into politics here, <laughs> yes, but I think we are a great country, and we have really excellent people, and we have really hardworking people, and still greedy people, and very clever people, and and we will be great, yes. And I think what is happening right now in Poland is just an positive cycle that is happening over us. I mean, from time to time, people needs to be shaken up, and that's it. Good. I, I agree. We, we don't want to talk about politics. That's talk, talking more about what can we do to make sure people have this attitude in their minds that they can be successful because I, you know, the, the belief that you can succeed is unnecessary. It may be not su sufficient, but it's certainly necessary for people to want to try. And not everyone in Poland is always being optimistic enough. I, I guess that's what I was driving towards. Do you think there's a problem of optimism, a lack of optimism sometimes? I don't know if we have a problem of lack of optimism. I think maybe, you know, somebody is smiling more internally, somebody is smiling more externally. I would say like this, you know, that people are sometimes in Poland, you know, saying or not, not pretending not to be happy, you know. doesn't mean that they are not happy because if you look at the polls, for example, polls like, or the opinions really, they are considered to be one of the most happy societies worldwide. Yes, now if you listen to the people in the streets, you have the perception that you're in a great misery. So, so you know, perception and the real feelings or the real situation is something completely different, yes? So I wouldn't say people in Poland aren't optimistic. I would say there's, people are optimistic, of course. They're just good at hiding it, right? <laughs> no, I mean, you just, guys, I mean, don't imagine what we have been through, yes, now. So having, be, having been through all of this, that people are optimistic, this is still, you know, unbelievable. And we used to be optimistic in very bad times. It's now we have very lucky times, so. Okay. Yeah, are you still doing, and obviously you're very busy leading a large company right now. No, yeah, uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> but, but you had a time with the Internet Investment Fund when you were investing in smaller businesses. Do you still make angel investments, or, or and if you do, what are your criteria? And if you don't, what should, would your criteria be? Were you still doing it? No, I still want to invest, and we are we are, we are are all the time looking at some, uh, some, some issues we are not considering an, an investment, you know, of course. If it is somewhere in the in the scope of our companies, we would like to make it as a strategic investment because you know I, I believe in the in the power of of a well managed organization that we can be as effective as a startup because we have everything. I mean, we have people, we have money, we have access to the market, everything. The problem is only you know to be managed cleverly, then we can develop. So if it's if it's kind of a strategic within the the B two B IT, for example, so we want to. We would like to take leverage out of the existing organization that we have. So name it more strategic investments. But in other fields, yeah, we, we are looking at investments. But you know, angel not so much, yes? More growth stage. So let's the let's the smaller money first to 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 invest and figure out who's, who's who's worth or not, and then then we would like to enter. But the core focus is B two B IT. That would in mainly in financial services. But no, no. Also, also in other also in other areas, we are looking at some at some financial uh, like fintech investments. Yes, within the e-commerce field, around the competences of of uh, of furniture, as you said, we can consider businesses also in this, but we are not so eager, you know, to enter in I mean, We don't have fund under management that we need to invest, so mm -hmm. we don't have to, to make like three investments right, exactly. in, in, in a period. So if there is something, you know, nice coming up that doesn't want money only from us, but also our knowledge, how to scale businesses, yes, how we can also utilize in a way the knowledge of our people in this business, then we are a partner for them. Mm -hmm. Then we should invest, yes. If not, I mean, we are not 
we are not tracing projects. Okay, and if you look at the, the, uh, the criteria, you've already mentioned some to do with like the, the, the fit with your existing strategy, yeah. obviously. Um, what about the, the, human, the human side? What sort of people do you like to... And if someone listening to this out there thought, I have a business which seems to... They go on your website, they check you out, they think, I fit. What sort of person would be the right person to get in touch? What sort of characteristics are important to um, you? First, <laughs> energetic, for sure, driven, but honest. You know, this is the most mm. important issue, you know. You have you have a lot of clever people, but at the end, it's it's the integrity and honesty which makes the investor make money. An optimistic, right? No, no, optimistic. A thief can be as well. So I, I, <laughs> I assume I assume you know every every businessman is optimistic. Yes, otherwise you know it mm -hmm. would be hard to do anything. Yeah, sure. But I think integrity and honesty are words that aren't always used enough in 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 the world of, uh, of tech startups. But obviously, it's a it's a pre it's a precondition. And you know. no, I think this is something that you learn at the very end. Yes, because you know initially what 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 you focus on is the business concept. Then what you understand this is not enough. You have, you need to have also great execution. And then after a few years, you learn that this is still not enough. At the end, you need to have an honest person that you as a passive investor will make money on it, that they will not treat you at the end as, as somebody that is not contributing to the company, it's only holding my, my scare shares. Yes, mm -hmm. nice. yeah. well, we're getting into the last few minutes of our, of our interview. So if you look forward a bit in, I say, five or ten years' time, what, what do you think your biggest personal challenges are going to be doing your job over the next... Because like, you've achieved a lot in your life up till now, but the future is always the biggest challenge because that's what you can, you can succeed or fail in your future activities. You can't change the past, right? So well, what do you think you're, you, will you be doing in five or ten years and what are the biggest challenges? In terms, in terms of the companies that I manage, and we develop not become not to become corporations yes so this is my biggest uh, challenge to to be able to to spring internal startups within those companies not to be bureaucratic you know to really you know have the best quality of every services we do not based on positions of the people or or or, or stuff like this that, but but really but on the contribution of those people yes so I'm fighting right now very much, you know, with titles, with salaries, stuff like this, you know. People don't understand why. I don't understand why somebody, you know, at a higher level is, is making more money than somebody at a lower level, you know. We are right now trying to, to put an algorithm in our company of value, valuing people, yes. And what is the value of the company, you know? How much is he really valuable to the company? How much is he contributing long-term short scale? That this is defining actually his salary and not the title, yes? Actually, this, this is my biggest struggle, yes? Because if you scale, you need to, you need to organize the company. You, organ you need to organize processes, yes? And then it's very, very easy, you know, to turn into a bad corporation. And you see tons of bad corporations. You see very few agile and good corporations. This is the biggest problem, yes? So the time facing, and on, on the other hand, you know, to balance work and life, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, we, that's another see. issue because you know, I mean, I don't need to do new investments, yes, no, from from money point of view. So I want to do really things that are that are that are challenging and nice, and and on the other hand, you know, I have four kids, so one more than me. Balancing <laughs> balancing this is, is is a tough issue. Yes, we guys are sitting here like six p.m. Yes. Yeah, um, we are indeed. Um, so no, from my point of view, so the the challenge of work life balancing, making your work interesting, meaningful, and avoiding bureaucracy and 
um, losing the keeping the corporate culture the way you want it to be, right? That, as you get bigger, the, these are challenges which maybe many of the people listening are more in the startup world and they can't imagine. But actually, even in a small startup, you can get the wrong culture. You have to get the culture right at each stage, right? You need to get. I mean, culture is something to set in the very beginning. Culture is something that is changing. Uh, that is uh, most difficult to change. And it's very easy to be destroyed. And if you destroy it, and then, it's, then it's extremely difficult to change it. So you need to be very careful about it. And if you set the right culture in the very beginning, it can make the company fly, really. That's a very good, good point. So, and strategy is something extremely important. Yes, people very often are underestimated. And strategy is the right way. It's not the, 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 the issue who is, who is running faster. But who is running in the right direction? Yes, that's that, that's the point. Not the fastest is winning, but the one that is closest to the right direction and, and closest to the right direction. Maybe not running fast, but really taking the shortest path. Yes, and this is strategy. Yes. Can you summarize your strategy in one or two sentences? No. No. <laughs> that, that would be too easy, you know. Class, classified. In no, yeah, I just cannot can do it in, in one sentence. You know. It's, you know, to move from, from one aim to another aim, and you set the aims, you know, cleverly, yes? Well, I guess the importance of having a strategy in the first place, then reviewing it uh, periodically to reset, um, I think that's a great summary of a starting point for strategy. Well, Rafael, thank you very much for the insights. I, I think just um, one of the points that, that really hit home with me was something I used to talk about when I taught history was this idea of mass customization. And uh, um, I think that's definitely a wave of the future that's, that's been coming for a while with, you know, um, a lot of our industries. And, and to see it happen in something as complex as furniture uh, here in Poland and across Europe and hopefully in the United States, I know interior designers would absolutely love that. Um, it would be awesome to see. Um, the, the period of mass customization being led out of Poland in, uh, in that industry and hopefully many others. And, uh, and furniture is pretty easy. Yeah. Well, let's let's <laughs> see the, the other industries that you bring it into. Yeah. Just, just in case you're listening to this episode at some time in the distant future, it's the 14th of January 2016. It's our first po podcast of the year. So happy new year. If, if we're still measuring time in years at the time you're listening, <laughs> happy new year. Um, Thank you very much uh, for joining us for this interview. And thank you, uh, finally, um, Project Kajimage listener, for joining us in another episode of season two. Uh, many more to come, and um, it's great to kick it off with such a distinguished guest here in the uh, startup community, uh, Raffle Stitch, and thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another episode of season two of Project Kajimage. To listen to our Season 1 episodes or past Season 2 episodes, just subscribe to us on iTunes and your next episode will be delivered to your phone in your sleep. If you're an iPhone user, go to the iTunes to sign up. And if you're an Android listener, you can subscribe via Stitcher Radio or other popular podcasting apps. Go to our website to download the show notes from today's show where you can get any links mentioned on the show, the transcript, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. I would also encourage you to watch the mini-documentary on our homepage, about Project Kazimierz, the startup scene in Krakow in Poland. Also, like our Facebook page to get other news we find useful for the startup community. So visit our website, projectkazimierz.com. That is spelled Project, 
K-A-Z-I-M-I-E-R-Z.com, or just type it into Google, and we will find it. Today's show was produced by Anya Bivanis Kitchen, email and show notes by James Matheson, transcription by Svetin Dimov, and sound editing by Michal Paduk. And finally, the music on this podcast is written by two young local Polish composers, Marek Iweskiewicz and Michal Zielokowski. After you hear from our show sponsors, we have a nice musical postlude to the show featuring the rest of their work, as well as some of our best insights from our guests during episode one of Project Kazimierz. This episode is brought to you by James Cook Media. I founded James Cook Media when I moved to Poland. James Cook Media is a full-service digital marketing and sales agency. Our mission is to bring world-class products to the global English-speaking market. The thing that I've noticed in Poland is how many amazing, talented companies there are building great products, and they're struggling to get traction in the international English-speaking market. I think that's a shame, and I want to help these companies get their products to the market. Silicon Valley parlance, you would call us growth hackers. My team of specialists that I've trained from the beginning here in Poland builds from scratch custom marketing funnels. This includes ideal customer visualization and profiling, complete branding, visual identity, videos, music, uh, website and landing page copywriting, landing page and website design, marketing video commercials, sales videos, testimonial videos, as well as custom written music podcast productions like this one, content marketing, search engine optimization, website optimization, and paid media traffic, campaign design, management, as well as optimization, including Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, LinkedIn ads, Pinterest ads, and Instagram ads. So that's a lot. But I've been doing marketing online now for over 10 years in multiple industries from e-commerce to tourism to software as a service, digital publishing, money transfer apps, and online sports marketing. Over the course of this time, I founded two separate companies as well as worked for loads of clients all over the world. And I had to learn every part of online marketing. I came to Poland to build my own in-house marketing team for my last business. And I'll tell you that the talent here is absolutely world-class, as good as any marketing talent you would find in New York City. I personally design my campaigns, write the copy, direct the videos, do the setup with the project manager, and a full-time team of specialists of designers, developers, ad managers, and optimizers to fully manage from start to finish your marketing so you can focus on your product and your business. If you think you'd like to learn more about my company and what we may be able to do for you, go to jamescook.pl and enter your information. You will also find information about meetups that I'm running with Ava Vysotska of Good Tribe Consulting, where you can learn all about the latest in marketing strategy and techniques. Even when I work with clients, I make sure that they completely understand my marketing philosophy and strategy so that they can have buy-in and ownership of it. Because as a business owner, you always need to completely own your strategy for getting your product to market. But we help you do it. If you're a startup or an investor from outside of Poland and you're interested in visiting Krakow and Warsaw's startup scene in Poland or even moving here to set up your team, James Cook Media also offers high-level concierge services to help companies get set up here. I moved to Poland because I believe East is the new West. For 400 years, brave and trepid entrepreneurs have been going West to the U.S. and the American West for prospecting. Now San Francisco and California is so overpriced and so expensive. The new digital gold rush, as I call it, where you can get the most value for your money in terms of investment is here in Eastern Europe, where you have world-class engineering talent, designers, video makers, artists, graphic artists, and marketers. You can do New York City agency or San Francisco level coding work for a very competitive price. If you're interested to learn more, please go to the website jamescook.pl 
Enter your information and we'll give you more information about how we might be able to help you. You know, vision is all great and well, but execution is actually the key. The actual process of meeting those people, working with them, is in itself a huge reward. Interaction between the university and the business high-tech community is absolutely fundamental. Diversity creates a healthy ecosystem, and I think that I'm seeing more and more that diversity. It's not just about individuals, but it's about new individuals, it's about you know um, new initiatives. Sometimes they overlap with each other, sometimes they might be cannibalizing each other, but the reality is that you want to have as many as possible because that accelerates the big picture. We're not going to have everyone in the world here, and in this connected world, we don't need everyone here, but, but the, the, you know, the artists and the designers, the creatives, they're very much part of what, we, what we've got and what we need. So if you're listening again somewhere else in the world and you feel you, you're looking for a place where your, your, your creative juices will run, then, then, then this city is certainly a place where you can find yourself. And I think you can make history in Poland. I think you can be part of something much bigger than you could be a part of in the United States right now. Not just from a, you know, going out to San Francisco to make Silicon Valley richer, but, but making a new part of the world um, grow at a much faster rate, be a much bigger part of that community, and, and making it wealthy, not just for wealth's sake, but for uh, a purpose, which is to make that country's government stronger.